Welcome back to the Sturgis Kitchen Table. I'm Eric Davis. There's been big news since our last episode, which Mr. Johnson and I had planned to discuss, along with a summary of the discussions and actions at last night's lengthy and contentious city council meeting. But unfortunately, Mr. Johnson came down ill and could not record, so we will certainly all miss his valuable input and colorful commentary and wish him a uh, a speedy recovery. Of course, the big news since our last episode is that on February February 13th, a week ago, Sturgis Mayor Mark Karstensen announced his resignation effective immediately, with this announcement coming just days after the South Dakota Supreme Court issued uh, a unanimous opinion holding that the city finance officer and Sturgis City Council violated clear statutory duties to schedule an election on a petition signed by over 900 Sturgis residents uh, couple years ago that called an election to consider changing the form of government in Sturgis. The Supreme Court ordered that election uh, should have occurred and ordered it to occur. And there's been a few developments uh, on that issue that I'll talk about here in a little bit. But first, I think it makes sense to hit on some of the high points of last night's city council meeting, which lasted over five hours and long into the night. Uh, meeting started out with uh, a city council work session on the subject of TIFs. Those are tax increment finance districts. Uh, TIFs are traditionally used to fund public improvements associated with um, new commercial and residential developments. The city staff report indicated that it was staff's position that the city's current TIF application process has shortcomings and uh, they wanted to uh, take some effort to help standardize the process for developers who want to apply to create new TIF districts. And I'm not going to get into the details of uh, some of those changes that they're proposing. It's an ongoing process, no action or decisions tonight, um, but the city council is developing a new policy and uh, is going to review this issue in the future. If you want to know more, uh, Council Packet uh, has the draft. Moving on, uh, the biggest issue of the night's agenda was definitely the American Flat Track Street Race being uh, proposed to occur downtown on the last Sunday of the rally. This issue has generated a tremendous amount of discussion and controversy within the community and generated uh, an hour-long discussion at the meeting. I'm going to only hit on the high points, um, but anyone interested in this issue should really watch it. Uh, watch that portion of the meeting, at least. It's available on Facebook, on YouTube, and there's a link uh, from the city's from the meetings tab on the city's website. Uh, the discussion on the race starts about two hours and ten minutes in and goes for another hour. Uh, bottom line is this is a street race uh, in downtown Sturgis during the last Sunday of the rally. City taxpayers will be paying about six hundred and fifty three thousand dollars a year uh, every year for five years uh, if this race continues that long. Um, the idea is not that it's going to draw significant amounts of spectators, but rather that the city will generate revenue to offset its cash outlay through uh, a, a portion of the sponsorships uh, and royalties and advertising sales and merchandise sales and licensing that is expected to uh, 
happen because of this race. There's no commitments on that revenue potential yet. None's really been identified. And of course, just as a reminder, the city keeps its rally sponsorship agreement secret. So there's no real way for the public to evaluate the likelihood of recouping its investment into the race. Uh, but the council members, obviously, uh, at least a portion of them have seemed to have some faith in it. Uh, apparently Fox sports is under contract to televise the race and the, promoters and at least some of the city council members feel that this is going to uh, lead to some revenue uh, sharing generation for the city. Um, although at the meeting, I mean, the city attorney did call it a leap of faith. Council member Mike Pashan called it a gamble. Um, that, that term started being thrown around. Uh, it was essentially admitted that we could, you know, end up with basically nothing uh, or potentially make revenue in excess of a million dollars a year from this event. So quite a bit of discussion about the issue with lots of questions on whether it would be a benefit to citizens, whether we have any business attempting to extend the rally at all, what the cost is going to be, revenue projections, safety, uh, materials of the track. Uh, sounds like there's going to be a dirt section with a jump. Uh, again, uh, you know, and a lot of public comment, uh, and a lot of really Im informed, uh, public comment. Again, I would encourage you, if you have any interest in this issue, to watch that portion of the city council meeting. Again, it starts about two hours and 10 minutes into the meeting. In the end, the, uh, the proposal squeaked by on a 5-3 vote with council members Kevin Forrester, Aaron Jordan, and Tony Dargetz voting no, and council members Becca Zerbst, Angela Wilkerson, Preston Williams, Dean Sigmund, and Mike Bashan voting yes. Apparently, uh, during executive session, one of the council members asked whether the council's action approving the race was referable to a public vote. The city attorney expressed some uncertainty, uncertainty in that regard and thinks it's possible that the council's approval of a memorandum of understanding uh, about six weeks ago before any of the actual terms of the contract were negotiated, that that might have been the referable act and that therefore tonight's or last night's action might not be referable. Uh, you know, take it with a, a grain of salt, considering, I guess, the recent Supreme Court opinion that flatly rejected his advice to the city council that the citizens could not vote on the change in form of government. Um, yeah, I'm I'm seeing some face, Facebook chatter that referendum petitions are being circulated. So I guess we are not likely to know whether the city will allow uh, the citizens to vote on that issue until and unless those petitions are actually filed within the deadline. So um, I don't know. I don't have confirmation of that. If you're interested in signing a, a petition, if it's out there, I would suggest you check the Facebook chatter, um, ask around. Uh, I don't think it would be too hard to find someone who's circulating a petition. Moving on, uh, the next major issue uh, that the council took was that of a new wastewater sewer surcharge. Essentially, the city secured a $10.3 million loan from the state to construct new, new sewer lines in town and to service that debt each residential utility account will see a new $11.10 surcharge on its existing city utility bill. The 
loan is being used to construct a new 15-inch PVC sewer trunk line beginning out uh, Avalanche Road and following Bear Butte Creek East to Blanche Street. City says the line is to convey wastewater flows from existing development along the north side of Bear Butte Creek and to service new development uh, on the north northwest side of the city. Um, the loan would also fund rehabilitation of the existing sanitary sewer through uh, construction of a new 10-inch PVC main to replace aging lines along Williams, Dudley, and Miller Streets. Uh, the addition of that new $11.10 surcharge uh, passed the council unanimously. Um, finally, on to the issue of the applications for mayor. Uh, there were some discussions about the mayoral vacancy I referenced earlier, which needs to be filled. Uh, state law provides that when there is a vacancy in the office of mayor, the mayor's duties are temporarily taken up by the city council president until the mayoral vacancy is filled. The current city council president is Becca Zerbst. She chaired the meeting last night. She also happens to be the former mayor's sister. So what to do with the vacancy? You know, state law provides that the city council can fill the vacancy by appointment. You know, that means the council would select the next mayor uh, and vote on that during a public meeting. This is the way the law works unless the city council had already passed an ordinance creating the opportunity for a special election before the vacancy arose. That didn't happen. Um, so the idea is that the current city council will appoint Sturgis's next mayor, uh, basically by operation of law. Uh, mayor Carstensen has a little more than a year left in his term, uh, as of now. Uh, in the last meeting, the council said it was going to accept and consider applications from the public before it decides who to appoint to be the mayor. Uh, it does appear from tonight's meeting that a council appointment is still the plan. However, uh, council members Aaron Jordan and Kevin Forrester raised questions about whether the council could pass the ordinance requiring a special election then appoint a mayor and that the newly appointed mayor could then announce his or her resignation so that a special election for mayor would occur. Essentially what the count, what, what they seem to be suggesting is that the council would appoint a mayor kind of with the understanding that this mayor would resign. In the meantime, the council would pass this, uh, this ordinance allowing a special election. And then we could have an election, um, that could occur relatively quickly. And it does appear like at least at first blush that this special primary election for mayor, if it were to occur, if the council was to pass that ordinance could happen during or before the upcoming June 4th primary when we'll all be voting anyway. And also interesting council member Jordan, you know, expressed at least some willingness to, uh, accept the appointment of mayor so that he could uh, then, announce his resignation, creating a vacancy, and then, you know, continue to serve until there was a special election. So, you know, the reason for this appears to be kind of twofold. I mean, obviously, principles of democracy would certainly support the idea that the people's mayor should be, you know, selected, to use Mr. Jordan's phrasing, not only of the people, but by the people, which also that, you know, since we're going to have a 
an, an election in April on the form of government, that's going to have tremendous implications on what the next mayor's duties and powers and roles are going to be, and is certainly going to be an issue that would inform citizens of, of who they want as their, their next mayor. So essentially where we ended up uh, after last night's meeting is that the city attorney uh, promised a reason a reasoned opinion on whether this you know proposal could occur and under what timeline and promised to have that opinion out and I think I think there was an indication released publicly by the end of the week so we will certainly be uh, anxiously awaiting that opinion um, as of now, the city council still plans to accept applications for mayor uh, from the public through close of business on February 29th, and then to consider those applications during its uh, regular meeting on March 4th in open session from from what I understand. So really interesting proposal. Um, I think it's a great idea. Uh, anything that, you know, with this, the election on the form of government and with the vacancy in the office of mayor, with the fact that we're already having an election, um, I think it's absolutely appropriate for the citizens to uh, vote on the next mayor uh, to go through the traditional uh, petition and campaign process for that and for the voters to select who's going to lead uh, this community after the really monumental and historic vote that is going to happen in April on the form of government and kind of be setting the uh, a significant trajectory for the city. Uh, finally, moving on from that issue, the council did discuss uh, the stipend that's being given to each city employee, uh, who is also a member of the transition team that the council created to act in the place of the city manager, which of course is also, as we know, a vacant position. Uh, apparently, each of these six city employees on this transition team is receiving a monthly stipend in the amount of about $1,700 from what I can calculate, about $850 a pay period. I assume there's two pay periods that, that may not be accurate. Uh, they're getting this stipend on top of their normal salary to perform some unspecified job functions of the city manager. Um, do not understand this at all. Uh, it, it appears some of the council members are questioning this and the amount of this, uh, but it's at least going to continue status quo uh, for at least the next month until the council brings it up again. So it's going to be interesting to follow that one. And finally, the city council did uh, last night officially set the date of the court-ordered election on the form of government to occur during the regular municipal election on April 9th, which is exactly the right move under the circumstances. So uh, we'll certainly look forward to what I'm certain will be a very lively debate on whether the city manager form of government is still right for Sturgis. The vote to set that court-ordered election passed seven to one with council member Mike Bashan voting no for reasons uh, not expressed and apparently known only to him. Finally, uh, before I finally wrap up uh, this review, um, I wanted to share with you a few of my observations from last night's meeting. Uh, first of all, Bonnie Alberts, longtime city government hawk, remains as sharp as a tack, and I think it's always uh, a real pleasure to hear her engage with uh, members of the city council and staff. She's hilarious, smart, respectful, persistent, and um, I've never met her, but uh, have definitely listened to her at a lot of city council meetings and certainly comes across as a real 
advocate for the citizens of this uh, community and performing a really valuable public service. Uh, also, we got to hear a little bit from Jim Thompson during the discussion on the motorcycle race. I don't know Jim, never met him, no idea who he is, uh, but I know that he did announce that he is running for uh, city council in Ward 3 in the upcoming April elections. Uh, from from what he said about the race, certainly comes across, uh, at least he did in last night's meeting, as you know, respectful, intelligent, reasonable guy. So really looking forward to uh, his contributions to the upcoming city council campaigns. And I just wanted to thank everyone who has listened uh, to and subscribed and shared this podcast as we've tried to bring important news and analysis to the citizens of Sturgis about uh, the issue, starting with the issue of the city manager petition and then uh, kind of moving on to other issues. Uh, if you want to hear Mr. Johnson and I read portions of the South Dakota Supreme Court's recent opinion in the uh, city manager petition case, you can go back and listen to our last episode. Um, Mr. Johnson and I discussed it and we're think we're going to continue, uh, with the podcast, like maybe on a weekly or every other weekly basis, at least long enough to get through the April elections and potentially longer, uh, if there's a, a special election for mayor. So stay tuned for new episodes coming soon. If you like the podcast, if you like what we're doing, please share it with a registered voter of Sturgis. We're just trying to get people, you know, do our part to get people informed. There's an incredibly important election on the form of government and many contested city council seats coming up in April. So it's going to be absolutely critical for voters to get engaged and informed on these issues. There's never been a more important time to do your civic duty as a citizen of Sturgis than right now. And you got to get informed and uh, cast your vote at the upcoming elections. Uh, we're, Mr. Johnson and I, we're going to be discussing those issues. Uh, I think we're going to be bringing on some special guests too. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next time at the Sturgis Kitchen Table. <laughs>